Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. Today I'm joined by Nikita, who is a mindset coach who helps women to get off the hamster wheel by leveraging their mindset and human design. After years of struggling with fear, self-doubt and destructive behaviour, Nikita knew something needed to change in her life and started her own healing journey of therapy, which helped her to take back control of her life. And she has now gone on to use her experience to coach, support and inspire others to do the same. So welcome, Nikita. It's lovely to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All the way from Paris. I know, right? (laughs) Very romantic. I, do you know what? I, I'm loving this because at the moment I'm getting to interview so many people from all around the world and I just love the fact that I'm sat here in Bournemouth and I'm getting to chat to people in Paris, in America, in Germany, India. It's phenomenal. But um, thank you uh, again um, for joining me today. Uh, there's been a lot of behind the scenes, lots of conversations that me and you have been having. And obviously from that introduction, there's lots that I really want to talk to you about. But I'd love to just start by just hearing in your own words, your experience with self-doubt. Um, I mentioned there was fear, self-destructive behavior, um, self-sabotage. So I'd love to just kind of kick off and just hear from you what's going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Where to start? (laughs) How do I make this short? Um, Well, yeah, I definitely have, you know, grown uh, tremendously these past few years. And I was in a place that was very dark, I would say. Um, And it was, it was, it seemed like forever. So basically, I think from my earliest memories, you know, would start really when I was about like 13 14 which is pretty late (laughs) I do have a few memories before that but like for me my love my life kind of started then so yeah I mean you know as a teenage does I went out and you know try to build my own life and I had like no awareness whatsoever about why I was doing what I was doing but you know in hindsight I was going out a lot I was trying to date a lot I was you know trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with life and and um, that led me down a path you know long story short of I I guess just like worse and worse behavior (laughs) and um, it was kind of put on I, I guess the the excuse of me being a rebel Um, I was qualified as a rebel. I now see that I don't think I was rebelling. I was just very, very insecure. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of, yeah, I mean, self-doubt is a word that definitely, like, doubt was was my best friend (laughs) without even me knowing it. So I kind of, like, I, I, you know, I graduated, everything in school was like as little as I could do. I was only interested in like boys and partying and 
I didn't really care for much and I kept having like feedback from people around me like my god you're so amazing Nikita you're so smart you're so talented you could do so many like grand things in your life but here I was just like I don't know just living a very average life that was definitely um not fulfilling and I think that um from there just I spiraled I spiraled downwards I kind of just got into my first toxic abusive um you know physically and mentally abusive relationship when I was like 14 um and then you know finally got out of that on my own because I told nobody about that um and then you know then it was like alcohol and then I put that on the excuse of partying and then I was like you know what am I going to do with my life now I'm graduating I'm going to choose something and everything was very very much um it was it was it was just shit can I swear (laughs) it was very it was very like everything seemed hard decisions in my life seemed hard relationships seemed hard um people's view of me seemed hard to believe because everybody saw like such potential and you know all these amazing things in me that I didn't see so I was now I realized I was continuously proving myself right by thinking I was average by doing average things which actually led me to you know doubt if I was actually capable of doing anything good so capable of you know maintaining a good relationship with uh, boys because that was my obsession back then so I would continue trying to make bad relationships work I doubted I could ever like really amount to anything good in life so I you know continuously did average kind of jobs and average you know work at school and then you know I got opportunities and I didn't really like live up to those opportunities I didn't take them because I didn't think I could actually succeed and um yeah and then basically I got into another abusive relationship when I was about like 19 20 and then from there that was just um I don't know I was just like well this is my life (laughs) this is me so um I had this like I think the biggest thing for me is that I had this like facade of being super confident uh super loud super proud extravagant really like a go-getter outgoing person um fearless and um I actually that wasn't the truth I felt real like I felt like a scared little kid that didn't know what the fuck I was doing and um, that had to continue looking like I had my act together. Um, I finally sought out set therapy first time, then I quit (laughs) because yes, yet again, I was like, well, you know, I don't think I can do this. I can't, it can't help me. Um, And then uh, I finally sought out therapy a second time. That helped a lot uh my life didn't get any better (laughs) I was still doubting my capacity and everything although my therapist like made me realize I felt um that I could feel better and that I could do better and that I was important and I was I counted I still didn't believe that and um alcohol was still a thing numbing down everything as much as I could um you know everything just kind of just spiral I was doing yeah I did everything to 
continuously be able to wake up in the morning and say to myself, see, like, you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to just rewind it because like, I'm writing notes as I'm listening to you um, talking about this because there's a few things that I really that really have struck a chord that I'd like to dive a little bit deeper on. And, um, you know, the first thing that you said was that that doubt was your friend for so long without even realizing. And I think so many of us don't realize that, that um, the, the limitations or the way that we're feeling is linked with self-doubt. And we almost have it as that accepted way of, of living and therefore um, just to find and adjust and adapt our life to those limitations. So that in itself is quite interesting. But for me, the thing, the biggest thing that I really want to ask you um, to talk a little bit more about is the fact that you said that surround you were surrounded by people that were telling you how amazing you were, and yet you were pretty determined to prove them wrong. Or, and also weren't necessarily hearing what they had to say, which is it's very interesting because, you know, I've worked with a lot of people with self-doubt and quite often it's the reverse. You know, they think that they are good and they're having other people tell them that they're not. And so that starts to become their story. I'm just intrigued to know what was going through your mind when and what drove what was driving that when everyone, friends, family, whatever was saying, you know, how amazing, how confident, how bright, how inspiring you were. What was stopping you from believing that? That's a very good question. Um, it's interesting because talking about it now, of course, like all the awareness I have about this situation is just to like disclaimer. I, I wasn't aware of this back then. No. So the way I talk about it now is definitely like with the work I've done on myself uh, since. But I think the... I was held to such a high standard in this seemingly uh, loving way from like my parents initially, because, you know, kind of starts with that relationship um, that it, it, seem, it seemed false. And I didn't seem to understand why people thought this good stuff about me when I had clearly never, so I thought, never done anything that was to be like praised or you know that was extraordinary and I felt just such a I, I felt misunderstood mm. and there was such a difference between what people were telling me and what people what I was thinking of myself that I had no space to process what I was thinking of myself and to say like hey that's funny interesting you say that but I don't see this of myself yeah. um is that normal is that okay and I felt that because people thought so highly of me that I needed to, to continue um, pretending I thought highly of me too or that I was confident so that I didn't let them down and so that I wouldn't like, so I would be still lovable, right? Because I started convincing myself, well, I was convinced, I guess, just from the start that if ever they saw that I failed at something that I wasn't actually good enough at something then they would stop loving me they would stop liking me they would stop being my friends they would stop you know their their image of me would like change and mm. obviously like it's nice to be seen you know so uh, beautifully for like in people's eyes you know mm. that telling you pressure a high a high amount of pressure mm. and I still feel that to this day in terms of 
what I do in any area of my life. I'm, I still sometimes, you know, feel my little Nikita, kid Nikita going like, oh, but what if like you like fail and then people see that actually you're not good at something. Mm. I catch myself thinking that and I'm able to obviously navigate that today, but that drove me completely. So it was like, I was put into this persona that I couldn't break. Otherwise, who would I be, you know, to these people? And I didn't know other kind of relationship than amazing Nikita. So um, that really led me to share even less about what was actually happening. And I think that if I had the the possibility um, to, or if I felt comfortable about talking about my insecurity without feeling that I was going to be judged or, um, you know, loved less, mm-hmm. which you know seems obviously a bit far-fetched because that would, would have never been the case. But um, at the end of the day, it just, it just felt like danger, 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 danger. Yeah. Feelings were danger. And I think, you know, the thing is we're sat- sitting here having this conversation today um, speaking about you from age 14 onwards, um, I know and you now know how far you've come and the fact that you use your experience now to run a very successful business helping others. So we kind of, we can see things from hindsight, but the reality is when we're in it, um, we don't see that. Um, and so, and I think that, you know, that's the reason why I'm doing the, this podcast and, and talking to amazing women like yourself, because quite often, we don't see what's staring us right in the face and we're so consumed with everything that's going on with us and trying to make sense of stuff and having that expectation and that pressure and this facade and, and everything like that, that it, it just all comes all consuming and you can almost feel like you're drowning in it. And so I suppose for me, obviously I know that you came out the other side. If people who are listening who are, who can totally resonate with that everything that you were saying before, what I would love to know is like, what suddenly became the uh, alarm bells or, you know, the ahas where you're like, this is probably not the way that I want to carry on living my life. And if I carry on living my life, then uh, it could take me down a path that is totally not really what I want to do. Um, When did you start to recognize that and think actually, because, you know, you've mentioned toxic relationships. You mentioned drinking to numb the pain. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> Alcohol was like my best friend for quite a few years. Um, and, you know, and I know that that sabotage became a natural thing for you. It was like every time you were close to saying, look, I'm amazing at this. You would then sabotage it because internally you weren't believing that you were. And so you would knock yourself down. Um, And again, people hear the word sabotage and and don't relate it to themselves. And so I want to strip it back to basics. And what does that sabotage look like to you? And what made you then go, shit, this is not actually normal behavior. And this is really not working for me. Yeah. Um, so just going back to what you said first of like, as that's definitely something I say very often is you can't be in the picture and see it too. And when people feel like, you know, they're stuck or whatever it is, like it's when, when I say seek professional help to anybody, I'm not saying like, Hey, come and hire me. 
I'm saying like, dude, you will not get out of this if you are not getting an outside perspective. And it's not your best friend's opinion because Mm. people close to us tend to project a bit like kind of their way of seeing it and what they would have done. So that like, it's really so true what you said, like when you're in it, that becomes your reality. And the second thing is your brain is only like wired to make sense of what it sees. So Mm. if it's seeing something that's like, Oh, like that, like that's fed by self doubt, it's going to make sense of that. And like, it's going to, it's going to seem like this is your reality now and forever. So that's definitely something that an outside perspective can help like break and rewire. Um, As for like, um, the destructive behavior and that definitely led like that's that was a, a an excuse too and that's also something in destructive behaviors i think it's not only um like something super dramatic but alcohol was an excuse to kind of blame it on my alter ego which was just like oh like nikita when she drinks so it was almost a different person than me so that's definitely destructive behavior that can come with also like workaholics you know or like overgiving to like you know uh, charity work and stuff like that it can look like so many different things um or being too much of a people pleaser that was definitely one of those Mm. so that's something else you said on like destructive behavior um and as for my like aha moments, it's interesting you asked me because I have never related to people that are like, I had this moment that changed my life and I wish I had had that moment. I never really did. But what I did, like, I, I really like, I invested a lot of time and energy and money into personal development. I went to see a therapist. I continued over the course of seven years on and off. Like I, I read the books. I I tried to find a better boyfriend. I tried to find what I wanted to do in life. I tried to be better. It never worked. So I didn't really have an aha moment. What did happen though, is when I um, went through like all of this like personal development journey and it still wasn't like nothing was really changing. I met a guy who was my boyfriend at the time who encouraged me to do CrossFit and CrossFit was something that I admired, but also thought that would never, that's never something I could ever do. Like, are you kidding? That like demands like discipline and also demands like you doing the work. Cause I was always good at getting out of, you know, looking bad or looking like, un- like not an expert at anything. Right. But like, if you go to CrossFit and you try to fucking lift a bar and you can't lift the bar, like, <laughs> you're gonna be the girl that can't lift the bar and the story there's no getting out of that like image like um so when I got to CrossFit I went there I went excessively into CrossFit because I got out of you know the alcohol into CrossFit which was a lot at the beginning and too much I was overtraining um so that was kind of destructive too right so interesting to see how I just like (laughs) chose something else yeah but I got to that moment where one day I lifted I don't know it must have been I lift way more now but it must have been like 80 kgs on deadlift it's a very simple movement but there's something just in my brain that was like oh my god like I did this like no one else did this and it's like it's almost like the last 10 years or seven years of therapy and everything I'd went through, like bad relationships, alcohol, trying to 
figure out who I was basically mm. and what I was going to do with my life. Um, it all just kind of anchored itself in my body because I was physically feeling my power, literally. And that's why I say kind of like CrossFit changed my life because it just kind of bonded body and mind. And then I was like, oh, well, wait, if I can do this, what else can I do? And that was kind of the aha moment, which obviously passed. And then there was still more work to do. But there was really that I decided to build on that feeling and not the feeling of like trying to answer the question of like, how am I going to like do this? Who am I? Like, I should get better. So I'm going to try and stop drinking five times a week. I'm going to drink only twice a week. No, I was like, okay, how do I get this feeling again? Mm. And that was my new, my new quest. And um, yeah, here I am. (laughs) The thing is, you know, feelings are, uh, feelings start everything, don't they? Feelings influence your your thoughts, your actions, your results. And, um, and yet you'd been trying to numb your feelings for quite a few years, which is interesting that your aha moment came from this feeling. Um, and also initially when I asked you, you said you didn't have a, an aha moment and then you you did have an aha moment, which again, like we don't often, and we sometimes think it has to be a big thing. And it's like, you know, initially for you, it was like, well, I didn't have one. And then the more that you were talking, you were like, well, actually, this yeah. is something that I'll never forget. It's like, for me, my aha moment was, I got one question wrong in an online exam and I thought the whole world was coming to an end and it was just ridiculous, but it was like, this has just got to stop. Like I was falling to bits. Um, I was so skinny. I was, I couldn't um, contain food. I was drinking too much. I was just a walking mess. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That, mm. that was my aha moment in a, in a different way. Your aha moment created such a feeling that brought alive all the thing, all the feelings that you'd been numbing for the last mm. seven years. And I think, again, this just shows, you know, there is no right or wrong aha moment. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a positive or a negative. But every single one of us will have a moment where we go, do you know what? This makes sense now, or this is this has got to stop, or this is where I need to make changes. Because if I don't, then I'm just gonna, you know, go down a real rabbit hole and I can't get out. For you, suddenly you you became alive in that one moment. And it was like, wow, I want to feel this instead of numbing all the shit that I've been trying to numb for years this has ignited something in me Mm. how did like what when that did that digest or is that again something that on reflection you're now seeing like no I I I think I definitely like I I was very I'm very aware of that moment I think what I I don't call it an aha moment because I think just personally in the way I I like to make things like real and sometimes I feel that like people see other people's aha moments and go like oh why didn't I get that right why Mm. don't I have that and I think for me it was a turning point because I did something about it and I think that's why I don't feel there was an aha moment because at the end of the day it was just a training session Mm. and it was a training session that meant a lot because I had other aha I, I I did my first 
obstacle course race in the snow. I'd never been to the snow before. I never thought I would do an obstacle course race. I hadn't prepared and I came fifth in my category. And that was like, that wasn't what I could describe as an aha moment within what we just said. But still, that wasn't an aha moment in the sense where for me, it's like, okay, when you, life will basically bring you these moments where inexplainably things will make sense Hmm. as you said like you're like okay like things are coming together and it's either like you react being like I'm never going to do that again or like okay like mine which was the feeling I wanted to build on whatever that looks like for each person but I feel that it's like once that has happened it's about like how what are you doing what have you put in place to continue building that journey and continue like you know, living through that process of growth, because it's almost for me, the aha moment is almost as if we're saying it's one moment and then everything changes, whether you and I know that it's kind of what happened before, it's what continued happening after. And it's within like, you know, I know that for myself in any case, I want to speak for myself, that aha moment wasn't an aha moment in the moment. (laughs) In the moment, I was just like, oh my, oh my God, like it was an epiphany but I have epiphanies all the time, you know, but what I built from that made that moment for me a turning point. And I acknowledge that it's, it it makes sense in my story now, but it's also because I had that, that I had, I really wanted to do something different and I didn't know what that was. And I knew it's like that little voice, that whisper that got me out of my toxic relationships. It was whispering. This is not like, it shouldn't be like this. And I never listened to that voice until I was out. And I was like, oh my God, that voice was telling me that shit all the time. And it's like, once now I've done like all this continuous work and it it still continues, Mm. then I can say like, okay, that was a turning point. So it might be a little bit uh, picky, but the aha moment I feel sometimes can scare people to think like, oh my God, well, I haven't had that moment. So what am I doing wrong? And it's like, you don't have to have that aha moment. You have to seek the right support, kind of like give into the process, surrender, and it will come. You won't know when it'll come and it'll probably make sense later. (laughs) That's what I've really like taken from that in any case. Well, yeah. And, you know, every person's experience is different. And and I love what you just said there and the fact that things make sense later. They don't always have to make sense right now. And I think that's the problem is that we try to, make sense of everything right now in order to give ourselves permission to continue with it. Um, And sometimes these things just aren't meant to make sense right now. You mentioned the fact that, you know, there was a lot of intuition that was trying to come through in previous relationships. You know, I believe that everything happens for a reason and you hear things at the right time. And, uh, and, you know, maybe your journey was to go through all of that because it has now led you to, to do the work that you do and to get the results that you get for your clients and the enjoyment that you get from that is because you know what it feels like you you can go on a you know a journey with them you have that understanding you know for me I know everything that I've gone through has led me to where I am I wouldn't change it for the world um can we crazy but it's made me who I am but I just think you know sometimes all these things we we home in on the yeah, but how? How is this going to happen? How is this like? We don't know. We don't know. And if you focus on that one direction of how, 
just think about all the other things you're missing out on because you're so transfixed on it's got to be this way and you've got some dancing clown over the side going no no it's over here and you can't even see him because you're so blinkered on no it's got to be this way and you know I think just us two having two totally different experiences shows just how unique it is mm-hmm. um, and it's just going with trusting that tiny, even if it is like a pure tiny whisper, but you can hear something that is just telling you to keep going or that there's more to this or, you know, and and that comes in so many different forms. It could just be a niggle. It could be an idea that keeps coming through. It could be, you know, you keep randomly bumping into someone, you know, any of these things, these are all little signs for you. You know, your intuition was coming through, but it wasn't until that moment where you heard it fully and received it. Mm. um and you know so with anyone it's not going to be a you know like it might be a voice but it might just be this constant little I don't know excitement bubble that there's something more or this this constant feeling of keep going you know whatever it's just listening to that trusting in that and moving forward which leads me to my next question with you is like having had that moment um, where you were like I want to chase that feeling I want to feel that feeling even more talk me through how you managed to keep going instead of going back to old habits what was driving you forward because like you say you can have aha moments um, due to have seven years of of therapy prior to that and you felt nothing had changed but I think possibly it's preparing you to, for, for that moment but it's very easy to have that moment, get spooked and then go, oh, no, 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 no. Let's just stick with the bad habits because I'm used to them and I can control them and I understand them. What was your motivation and how did you manage that? Well, I definitely became really strict with my like non-negotiables. I decided to stop, like, I, I decided to just like things that were a no were a real no so like <laughs> this horrible example and uh, like that guy I was dating who encouraged me to do CrossFit at the end of the relationship he did something that I didn't appreciate and he was a hell of a good guy like thanks to him so many things changed my <laughs> Casey lessons in my life like mm-hmm. I will always like carry him dearly in my heart but at the end he did something that I was like I'm worth more than that. Like, I don't like this. I dumped him straight on the spot. I was like, okay, like, this is a no. Like, people were telling me, oh my God, you're getting too muscly. Like, you should calm down on like CrossFit. I was like, no. (laughs) And everything I started to do, I started to do because I knew exactly that I wanted to build something that was not what I was building previously so I didn't know what it was but it was the opposite so I went on to the opposite extreme now I still continued like drinking and obviously like my bad habits quote unquote were still kind of there but I wasn't focusing on them anymore I was focusing on okay well what is it that I can do that is cool that's exciting and that's good for me and that at the time was only related to CrossFit what I did do after that was, or what I had done previously to that is decided to become, yet yeah, little detail, to become a therapist. Because 
of all the changes, even though it hadn't yet like changed my life, it changed so much stuff in my life that I decided to start a five-year training and therapy. I was still in training when I did CrossFit. From there on, I decided not to show up drunk anymore at my exams, but rather like really like take it to the next level in terms of what I could commit emotionally and also like obviously theoretically and everything to it. I just shifted everything from focusing on destroying myself because now I had awareness about it. And I was like, okay, you could do this, but you could also do that. And that I didn't always know what it was, but it was changing group of friends. It was choosing not to socialize maybe because I was a very like, I was a social animal. So maybe not to socialize. And then it was to focus on basically my personal development more and more and more and say no to everything else. And my personal development became my job because then I became a therapist. Then I became a coach. Also in the meantime, like met my current husband who is the best person I've ever met. (laughs) And he brought a lot of healing to my process too. Everything just started to fall in place. So what I did continue was really like choosing to focus on something that was building a good feeling and I've continued to do so and now I think the biggest like north star for me is that it has to be coherent and congruent so inside and out I have to be feeling and thinking the same thing so if I say something it's because I believe in it if I'm telling you to do something it's because I do it too if I, you know, am hanging out with somebody, it's because I, I really do appreciate them, not just because I think they love me and tell me that I'm amazing. Um, everything is built on that feeling. And really, there was like, I went to the other extreme. Now I'm not as extreme. <laughs> I've toned down the extremity of everything. But it was definitely just kind of basically little by little, one step at a time, building on that feeling that I felt in CrossFit, even if that was taken to the extreme and not on the feeling of like, oh, well, I'm feeling like a piece of shit. Like (laughs) that's, you know, so yeah, that's, I think, was that clear? I don't even know if that was clear. (laughs) It is so important to do it little by little. And like you said, you know, you didn't know where this was going to end. You just knew you wanted to build on that feeling. Well, that's all that you need to do. That's an, an amazing starting point. We don't need to know where it's going to take us. You then, over the course of building momentum, started to see where it could take you. You started to um, absorb that feeling, um, receive that feeling, expand that feeling, and from that expansion, then started to build. Answers comes come through taking action. And this is the thing is that I often see so many people waiting to get... for the answers before they take action waiting to feel confident before they take action but the truth is if you just trust or hold on to that thing that feeling that idea whatever it is and just take small steps that build on that thing more things open things become clearer your confidence becomes bigger you become more competent you become like um a bigger person therefore your vision starts to come to you the reality is that person when you first experienced that feeling probably wasn't in a position to see where you are now 
but it took lots of steps to get there. And there's, a, there's this amazing saying, which I love. It's like, um, if you want to get to the next level, it's like you shoot a rocket up into the sky and it comes down with all the experiences you have to go through to become the person you need to be to get to that next level. And until you've gone through that, felt that, been that, done that, you're not going to get to that next level. And so it's like, just focus on now. What can you do today? What can you do tomorrow? Holding on to that feeling. Um, and I love that reminder because we are all naturally wired to want everything yesterday because everything in life is so instantaneous. And it's like, oh, well, I just sent an email. And why someone not reply to me? I sent them a message 30 seconds ago. And, you know, we all just expect everything like that. And it's not. And it's so it's like, just focus on little things. Little things lead to big things. You know, um, I, I work with, with my clients on just breaking down daily habits. If you change your life one to two degrees a day, just shift it one to two degrees. And just imagine over the course of 12 months, two years, the different path that that one to two degree shift is going to take you to where you are right now. It's no one's ever asking you to go, right, you've got to do a whole 180. If you can't do a whole 180, then your life's going to be shit and you're going to be stuck in this forever. Tweak it. Tiny, consistent, small steps gets you down a whole different path. And I love that you've just like reinforced that because, you know, everything about was building on that feeling, that feeling, yeah. that feeling, that feeling, and that feeling led to this. And then it led to that. And now, you know, led to you being um, a therapist, then led to you being a coach. It's led to you meeting your husband. It's led to you um, receiving his love, accepting his love and knowing that you're worthy of his love. You, If you'd met him 10 years ago, you wouldn't be with him. Definitely so not. These things <laughs> led, led you to who you are. I know that I wouldn't be the mum that I am to my son had I not gone through a 10 year battle and hadn't had miscarriages. It's made me appreciate everything about him. I know that I I wouldn't have, my husband's too nice. If I'd met him a few years ago, when all men are assholes, I'd thought, oh, he's a bit wet. You know, yeah. I hadn't met him, he's like my everything. But I had to go through all that shit to get there. And that's, and so did you. And so there's so many people that can't understand where they are right now, and it's not making any sense. But if you hold on to that one little thing, it will make sense because we are both proof of that. And yeah. I know that we're not the only two people in this world that are proof of that. But it doesn't take a big thing, doesn't it? It's just a, mm. just a something, whatever that something is for everybody. I definitely think that is like so like you, you really said it so well. And the other thing I want to add to that is just. I think people not only wanted that quick fix, which I get, like, it's not nice being in an uncomfortable spot and, like, being aware that our life is not to what what we want it to be. But I think the other thing is, like, I think, and I was one of those people, I wanted to stop feeling pain, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be easy. It seemed easy in other people's lives. And... God, today I I go through pain all the time, whether it be sadness, frustration, anger. It, but the thing is, it's so minimal today. Like it is minimal because I don't give it the importance I used to. Mm. It used to rule my life and it used to be my reality. And I wanted to get away from that. And what I want people to understand and know is that it's not about, you know, 
becoming fearless and having a painless life. It's about, it's about embracing the suck. And it's about saying like, okay, I'm going to do those little steps. And those little steps are not going to make me feel a billion times better. They're not going to take away my pain, but they are, you know, going to get me to a better place. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take, you know, a bit of self-doubt, a bit of fear, a bit of anger, a bit of resentment maybe, and a bit of like misunderstanding of like, you know, injustice, everything, like those feelings are going to be part of the journey and they always will. But the degree you give them, the importance you give them, that's in your power to be able to shift. And the more you stay in the picture, the less you can see it and the less you can have power over those negative emotions that are shaping your reality. Mm. So shift of perspective, 1% a day, one degree a day, like definitely that is key don't think that you can get rid of it all like human emotions you know they're all there there's a huge spectrum of human emotions they're beautiful and they're all needed to make well, sense i think yeah. of what we live through yeah so that's the other thing i wanted to add <laughs> and you know that's the thing is like this is about managing self-doubt it's not not about overcoming it because you can overcome, I mean, for me, I'm 95% okay. I'm happy with that because mm. I know 5% actually means that I'm growing and expanding and, and evolving. And, and that excites me. And But it comes with fear and nerves and worry because it often means I'm doing something new. Um, and so it's embracing those emotions and not setting yourself up for failure thinking oh if I feel these emotions I've gone backwards yeah no no they're an indicator as you said they're indicating that there's growth or change or yeah yeah, or something's wrong and you need to change that exactly exactly but it's having the the um the tools and the confidence to listen to that voice like you know the voice that you were hearing previously mm. and, and the voices that that I've heard previously and ignored it's having the, the awareness like you've come this far you've got experience you know you can manage it so when that when you hear that voice coming through it's coming through for a reason stop and listen because in in past experience when you haven't it's led you down a path that takes a lot longer to come back so just that awareness of listening to it and managing it accordingly without panicking and thinking oh, I've gone backwards or you know this is really mm. shit or whatever it's like this is life yeah you're just navigating yourself through life it's not an indicator of whether you're a failure or a success mm. you know, love deserving it's neutral yeah it's just life and I don't know one person that does not go through these feelings on a day-to-day yeah. basis you know we often look around at the people in our industry or in social media or on the tv or whatever and think oh they've got it made they got it they're so lucky they got it made like they've got everyone doing it for them it's right for them they're millionaires they're this and the other it's bullshit you think that they don't go through the same stuff of course they do but they've learned to manage it in a way that doesn't screw with their confidence or stop them from taking action yeah and that's what it's all about you know i go through it still you go through it still every day there's a, a something where i think oh I shouldn't have said, said that or I should have done that a bit different or whatever but I learned from it and I let it go like this morning I just woke up in a mood and um and I cycled my son to school and on my way home I cycled through the woods and I said to myself I'm gonna leave this mood in the woods <laughs> and I left them <laughs> Love and I, it. I cycled through the woods and I was like right enough 
Mm. And then on the rest of the cycle home, I thought about positive things and, and totally reframed it. I needed to be in that mood um, to understand why I was in that mood and to give me the info that I needed. But I, I was choosing not to carry it on because I, you know, I had a really important day. I've had loads of calls with clients, interviews. You know, I didn't need to carry that mood into this because mm. it just would impact me and affect me. So I just said, right, I'm leaving it in the woods. I love that. And left it there and it's still there and it can pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've handed it over to Mother Nature and said, right, you have it. I don't want it. Um, honestly, I could literally talk to you for, for hours. I, I know I say this all the time, but I really could. I, I love speaking to people and I love diving into conversations and it's never enough time um, to have these um these full-blown conversations but I think everything that you've shared you know thank you for being raw and honest about your experience this is what it's all about because we people don't know what they don't know and if they hear people in their rawness and then they see them out on the other side it gives hope it, it allows people to see themselves lift some confusion or find some missing pieces and I think you know the the little reminders that the importance of tuning into the feelings I personally love that the the thing that 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 started your journey was the one thing that you'd been numbing for so long, and it, it's just almost like the universe going, "I'm going to make you listen, and yep. I'm going to make you love feelings instead of numbing feelings." Um, and to, you know, to go through what you've gone through, and to come out from the dark sides into this, and to be living a life where you're in you know a loving relationship helping people doing what you love and smiling every day and just navigating through this journey of life which we're all doing in our own way is is amazing so thank you very much for sharing that with me thank you so much for being so awesome to talk to and for having <laughs> me on this and I really hope that people get you know the takeaway that you know they're not alone and there there is always a way and everything will work out mm. like a hundred percent it always does that's yeah. my life motto so I really want to share it because that is definitely like my takeaway from my journey <laughs> it always works out yeah. yeah nothing's permanent and it always works out just maybe not in the way that we think it should but in the way that it should um so yeah so i really appreciate it thank you everyone for listening and thank you nikita for being um an awesome guest it's been lovely having you thank you so much and i will see you all next week bye for now bye that's all for this episode thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this show please head over to itunes subscribe and leave a review bye for now